Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we've come to the end of another OG franchise on the wheel. The Nightmare on Elm Street series was one of the original eight series that was on the wheel. Why are you screaming? I haven't even got you yet. After today, really, only the Child's Play series is left for the OG series. Um, we're talking about the 2010 remake today. I'm joined by our Nightmare on Elm Street correspondent, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? I'm I'm doing good. How about you, Ryan? I'm great. I, I finally got you to watch all the nine Nightmare on Elm Street films, and I feel very accomplished. You know, and it, I never thought I'd ever get here my entire life. <laughs> I, I didn't even know there were this many movies until I met you. Uh, and, and I think it's a little poetic that it ended with this movie, just because I didn't really know anything about Nightmare on Elm Street movies. The thing I knew the most about them was the cover of this movie because I worked in a video store in high school when this movie came out and it was right on the end cap and the way that it was sitting facing the just the cashier I would look at it all day for about a month straight until you know the first 30 days were up and then it went off to the side off of the new releases pile and then you know prom night was put on there yep. <laughs> and my bloody valentine 3d yep. <laughs> about the same era uh so we just watched the remake the very controversial remake that i think about five people on this planet enjoy are you going to be number six what do you think of, what did you think of the new one it's weird because there were a couple of things that i did like about it just like they just went a, a little bit of a different direction than any of the other movies really but in saying that this is such a fucked up movie oh yeah yes it is and that like not mincing words whatsoever like this is a fucked up movie yes it is absolutely which i appreciate (sighs) you know good for them for going for it i did not enjoy it sure it just kind of got to be too much for me freddy was weird and a sicko before this is just like dirty yes it felt which which i can i can see where some people would like appreciate that in a villain and in uh just like a horror monster but it, it wasn't really something that i needed well this might help uh, come to terms with this was the original idea what freddie's backstory is in this movie that was the original original idea Wes craven's original idea and production was the producers were like mm, let's dial it back a little bit so if that helps you at all. Because the original OG premise, uh, like the, what they ended up doing, it, they, they still kind of did it. Yeah, but it's much more implied. Yeah. Um, whereas it's a lot more explicit here. We're being a little dodgy. We'll get into spoilers in a minute here. Before we do that, what kind of stars would you give it? Yeah. Uh, so I try to rate everything. Uh, this is kind of in that... It's, it's not in like the bottom of the bottom tier of Nightmare movies. I gave, I think, like three different nightmare movies a two out of ten during this entire process i put this at about a four out of ten and i was debating between a three and a four but i went back and looked at some of my other ratings and i'm like no it's not as bad as this one it's not as bad as this one so i I bumped it up an extra an extra point and put it at a four out of ten so hot take most people hate this movie let let me check its rotten tomato score because it's low I did like the big four remakes, like Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This one has the lowest Rotten Tomatoes score of the big four, 15%. Oh, really low. Hot take, I think it's the best of the big four. Of the, of the big four remakes, I think it's the best, but I, I know that's a hot take. I know four other people who like this movie. I don't know anybody else who likes this movie. A few of them have been on the podcast. So Derek Kubitschek, he'll defend this movie. I think Jordan Ryan and then Jacob Collins to a lesser extent. But like nobody likes this movie. Well, and I mean, it's not even the fucked up angle of it that I that I didn't like. It, it was also just kind of boring throughout. I thought there there were a lot of there were a lot of parts through just like the middle of the movie, and even like a little bit towards the beginning that I felt like we were just kind of slugging through. Okay. Like we spent a ton of time on one of the characters. I'm like, is this person the main character? Like, well, they kind of did that in the original. So, <laughs> just because they did in the original doesn't make it the right thing that's to true. do. That's true. And that, that's my big thing. I, you know, I like this movie. It could have been better. I could have written a better one. But I still enjoy the movie and I appreciate what they did with it. It's super dark and messed up. Mm-hmm. 
So let's get into spoilers. Spoiler alert for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Also, trigger warning. I'm going to put a trigger warning on this oh, one. Oh, yeah. Because I think out of the 106 movies we've covered on this podcast, this might be the darkest one. So trigger warning for sexual abuse, um, pedophilia a little bit. Um, yeah. So basically, I'll just get this out of the way. Freddy's a, a, a pedophile sexual abuser in this one. That's not fun. We don't like that. But... Um, uh, so, you know, if that's, you don't want to listen on that, that's fine. But that's the darker backstory for Freddy. You know, in the, in the original series, he's just a, a killer. But, like, originally they wanted to make give him a more sexual component. So they did that in this one. And so it's super, super dark and fucked up. So, trigger warning for that, this one. Yep. Hopefully we'll have some fun talking about it. I don't know, though. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the, the other aspect that I didn't think was that great is, like, there were, like, two kills that were really good. Outside of that, it was kind of just, eh, okay, your standard Freddy kill. Like, he sliced someone cool. Yeah, I think... And they repeated, like, basically the same cool kill, like, twice. <laughs> I think what would have been better is if this came out a few years later, a little further removed. I think this came out slightly before Inception, maybe a year before Inception. I can't remember for sure. That sounds right. Can you imagine? Because you've seen Inception. Oh, yeah. Like, an Inception-inspired version of Nightmare on Elm Street, where we go just nuts with the dreams. That would have been really cool. So I would like to see another Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You just, need a pretty big budget for that, though. Uh, but let's do it. Why not? <laughs> let's go. That'd be really fun. Anyway, so Nightmare on Elm Street, spoiler. Or I guess we were past the spoiler alert part, yeah. but yeah. Do do with that information what you will. If you want to skip this one, I'll understand. Uh, the point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, no matter how dark they are. We're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our list. Currently, our list is at 58 rules. You can check that out on Twitter, at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. All right, Josh, anything else before we can jump into this movie? No, I don't think so. And, and I think that this, can, this is still going to be a good podcast, even if it is a pretty messed up subject. Yep. And I mean, the Nightmare on Elm Street podcasts have always been the darkest ones on the, on on the channel. You know, in in this series, we always find a way to get to like suicide and abortion and stuff like that. So you know, I, I don't know if that's uh, more like telling of the series or us as two people talking. Yes, that's that's the question. <laughs> so yeah, like if, if you weren't the Nightmare on Elm Street guest, would we have gotten there? Maybe not. Know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, so let's let's keep going into the darkness. And talk about where we go. Uh, the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. So the movie begins at Springwood Diner. We're still in Springwood, where the entire series is taking place, except for, you know, Wes Craven's new nightmare. Uh, we meet our well, first of our main characters, a guy named Dean. Dean is played by Kellen Lutz, and I'm not super familiar with him, but I know he's in some of those Twilight movies, mm. which I've seen the first one, but I don't remember him. I didn't play. recognize him. Uh, he's in, yeah, He's been in stuff. I've seen him in stuff. I think he was, like, the lead in a Hercules movie or something like that. I don't remember. Oh. But Kellen Lutz's uh, character, Dean, there's not much to him. He's clearly fucked up. He's been through some shit. Yep. Initially looks like, I don't know, maybe he's on drugs or something. Yeah. There's a lot of that in this movie. Like, uh, him and, and uh, Quentin both feel like they're just completely drugged up all the time. And then Nancy towards the very yep. end. But I think that's... They kind of do that in some of the other movies in this sure. series. Like, you slowly... I mean, that's essentially what sleep deprivation ends up being. Like, you end up going through a lot of weird side effects. So Dean has been having trouble sleeping. He hasn't slept for three days. He already believes he's in a horror movie. He's been having nightmares about Freddy, and he thinks they're real. He's going to say in the dialogue. So rule number one is having horror movies. You have to know you're in one. He already knows he's in one. We don't see that evidence really, but he knows it, and that's the important thing. Yeah, and he's not like completely like diving full on into like figuring out the uh, the end goal here, but. He at least has that slight recognition, which is good for, you know, something that starts going into a little paranormal. Yeah. I mean, and like always with the Nightmare on Elm Street series, you know, it's a little hard to pinpoint the exact moment they know they're in a horror movie because, you know, dream bullshit. But we got to do the best we can. So Dean has a dream. You know, he he's trying to get some coffee from the waitress and he follows her into the kitchen because she's ignoring him. And Freddy attacks him and slices his hand. And then he wakes up in the diner. Well, I guess another main character, our main protagonist, Nancy. Played by Rooney Mara, the girl with the dragon tattoo herself. Uh, Academy Award nominated actress, I believe. <laughs> Rooney Mara playing Nancy. Nancy wakes up. She's a waitress here. And she's kind of like this alternative emo girl. 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I I wasn't a huge fan of this Nancy. I don't think uh, Rooney Mara was a big fan of this Nancy either. She <laughs> I mean, hated working on this movie. It's it's a huge character to live up to, yeah. so good luck. And, you know, technically it's not the same character, different last name. Ooh, okay. So, you know, the original Nancy won a Randy Meeks Merit Badge. Mm-hmm. This is a different Nancy. So even if this Nancy does win, it's not the same Nancy. It is a different character. Yeah. So do that information what you will. <laughs> So Dean wakes up and he notices he's got a cut on his hand, but he was holding a steak knife. He was eating a steak. So did he accidentally cut himself with a steak knife or did Freddy do it in the dream? Whoa. Who knows? And so then we're introduced to the rest of the main cast. Um, A girl named Chris shows up. Chris is played by Katie Cassidy and she's kind of like hot blonde girl. Katie Cassidy is also the lead in the Black Christmas remake, the 06 Black Christmas remake. Huh. And she's also one of the leads on the miniseries Harper's Island, which we'll cover one day, which I, I really like that, that series. And then the other two main characters, we have Quentin and Jesse, who are a couple of bros. Quentin is also emo-ish, the way he dresses. It's hard to tell because he only dresses this way in this one scene. Like, it's almost like slight... Alt uh, skater yeah, guy. Yeah, alt skater guy. If you can pitch that in 2010. Not much in terms of personality, though. He's just kind of there, even he's, though he's the second most important he's character. He's very vanilla. Yeah. Like, Jesse has a lot bigger personality. Quincy is split by Kyle Gallner, who was also recently in uh, Scream 5. He's also in uh, one episode of The Walking Dead and dies hilariously. Probably, huh. arguably the funniest death in The Walking Dead. Uh, a helicopter drops from the roof on him. Okay. Just like, eh, crush. <laughs> sure. They made a big deal like, oh, Kyle Gallner's joining the show. Dies one episode in. Hilarious. <laughs> Still never going to watch it. Uh, you're going to watch one season of it. I, I'm not committing to that. No, just one season. Just one season. <laughs> I'm not committing to that I, Have I told you this idea? Oh, yes, you have. Yeah, <laughs> one season. One season. It'll be hilarious. We'll see. Uh, maybe you'll get season four. It'll be random. Ooh. And you can see Kyle Gallner come back. Yay. Your favorite character. And then the other guy is Jesse. Uh, Jesse is played by Thomas Decker, who played Littlefoot, the dinosaur. In oh, a, no shit. And in, in, in a few of the sequels, like four of the sequels. Like, I think the fifth through the eighth movie or something like that. It's Littlefoot. Oh, that's cool. So Littlefoot gets horrifically murdered by the Freddy Krueger. You know what? He probably should have been horrifically murdered in all of those movies anyways. Hey. <laughs> Lamb Time movies are something <laughs> uh, they're one thing unrealistic is not one of them <laughs> those sharp teeth would have absolutely mauled all those oh, little dinosaurs come on <laughs> i do subscribe to the fan theory that they all died in that first one and then they went to dinosaur heaven for all the sequels maybe they're in a horror movie the entire time oh my god we'll cover lamb for time on the podcast <laughs> and jesse's kind of like aggro like he's just like angry because he used to date chris and they broke up and now chris is Maybe dating Dean? Scene. Just kind of... It's hard, it's hard to say. Anyway, Chris is there to visit Dean, and Dean's not doing well. He's basically having a mental health crisis is kind of like what it seems like to Chris. And she actually... Uh, Dean actually knocks over some coffee, so she goes to the bathroom to clean up. And Dean falls asleep again. And here's Freddy. Dean, rule number one, you're in a horror movie. Yeah, and for Dean, like... We already went over that. He knows that he's in a horror movie to some extent, so... This has been going on for a few days. He knows he's here. Like, he's already seen Freddy multiple times. It's it's not like he knows exactly what's going on, but he should be taking more steps in order to at least be a little bit safe. Try to stay around people. Sure. The big problem all the, the side characters besides Nancy are going to run into is Nancy is the main target of Freddy, and Freddy wants to keep Nancy alive until, you know, the end of the movie for X reasons, which we'll get into. He doesn't really care about the other ones. He wants to torture them, but he he's not interested in like keeping them alive to you know prolong this whole thing. If he wanted to kill Nancy from the get go, she'd be dead. Yeah. So you know these supporting characters are the supporting characters. So yeah, they're screwed. It's a big old bummer if you're a supporting character in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. It usually does not go well. <laughs> There's a rule that uh, is uh, never assume you're the protagonist. Yep. Uh, this is hope to God that you're the yeah. protagonist. Fingers crossed. That you are the protagonist. And at this point, you know, to try and make yourself the protagonist, maybe. <laughs> you know, if you're in a nightmare, I don't know how you make yourself one at this point. You know, uh, take a proactive role. Rule 50, don't assume you're the protagonist. But I think in this specific instance, be proactive and try and make yourself the protagonist. 
<laughs> Might as well. Go out swinging. Ugh. But Dean is going to get grabbed by Freddy, and Freddy's going to hold a steak knife to his throat. And in the real world, it looks like Dean's just standing there, muttering to himself, you're not real, you're not real, and then cuts his own throat. Real nice kill. Nice, oh, yeah. Deep, deep, deep cut. Yep, and uh, in classic Freddy fashion, he frames it to make it look like it was just either an accident or that he went crazy and killed himself. Yeah, it looks like a suicide. Neither Chris or Nancy really buy that, it turns out. They both think there's something more going on. So, rule number one, they already suspect they're in a horror movie. Yeah, good for them. It's it's kind of a illogical jump, if you ask me. Like, yeah. any normal person would not make this first just jump sure. to this point my my first reaction would be even even if i have been having like weird nightmares like there hasn't been any link to show that it's the same nightmare that everyone's sure. having so my first jump would probably just be like okay like maybe he was actually having a mental breakdown and maybe yep. he was seeing things and maybe he who knows if he was taking anything like that's what jesse thinks yeah um and apparently dean was on just a bunch of medication you've seen a therapist you know all good things but you know that People will think he had some sort of mental problem. And so, you know, everybody thinks it's a suicide. Can't blame anybody for not thinking they're in a horror movie. Good for Chris and Nancy for mm-hmm. already being there. Well done. That's better better than we want. So It's a crazy jump, but kudos to you. Good, good for you. You, you. you called your shot. <laughs> so we go to the funeral. Chris has, like, a vision of a little girl in a blue dress with, like, the Freddy claw mark over her. And then later at the funeral, she goes up to, like, the photo board. And there's a picture of little boy Dean with the little girl with the blue dress and the cuts. And it turns out that's the little girl version of Chris. They knew each other when they were, like, five. Oh, weird. But Chris doesn't know that's true. She thought they met in high school. That's hmm. weird. Strange. I wonder how that happened. We meet a couple other main characters. We meet Nancy's mom, Gwen, who's played by Connie Britton, who is uh, an American Horror Story. And then Quentin's dad, who's also the principal of the high school, Alan Smith. Uh, Alan is played by Clancy Brown, a.k.a. Mr. Krabs himself. <laughs> and it turns out, Clancy Brown, Alan, he is the guy who kills Freddy in real life in, in the movie. So Mr. Krabs killed Freddy Krueger. Yes. He stole me money. Therefore, I burn him alive. <laughs> Freddy's trying to get my secret formula. <laughs> The crossover movie we need? <laughs> Absolutely. I'd watch that. A Spongebob and Bikini Bottom take on uh, Freddy Krueger. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm, I'm into this. So uh, Nancy goes home that night, and, you know, there's going to be a lot of just, like, kind of pseudo-dumb Freddy scares that don't really matter. Like, oh, jump scare. Ugh. Stuff like that. There's a lot of that in this movie, and, you know, varying degrees of success. There's one I think is really good. This one's the worst one. This one is terrible. This is my least favorite part of the whole movie. I despise this scene. Because this is a ripoff of the first movie where Freddy comes through the wall, and it's really creepy because there's a practical effect. This is horrifically bad CGI with stock sound effects. I played the Haunted Mansion video game based off, like, the movie on the Disney ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun game. Really scary, actually, for a Disney game. It scares the crap out of me. Okay. <laughs> uh, a terrifying game, but the, the most basic enemy in that game, they make the exact same noise Freddy does. It is the same sound effect, and it's so distracting. They just went to a royalty-free website Basically. and just grabbed the sound. Like, oh, I'll grab this, this noise from a video game probably no one ever played except me. Um, <laughs> highly recommend the game. So It's a short, quick one. It's fun but, and kind of terrifying. Like, uh, highly recommend. Fun <laughs> game. But yeah, the CD is just terrible. It doesn't matter at all either. It's just stupid. No, it's gimmicky. The, and there are a lot of those just kind of like jump, either the jump scares or the fake jump scares that like, God, get, yeah. get out of here. I don't want that. Yeah, there's, there, most of them are not very good. There's yeah. there's one good one. You, you get one. Yep. Not ten. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. That's that, you know, this movie is flawed. I, I do enjoy the film. It's flawed. So Chris goes looking through old photo albums because she's like, that's weird that me and Dean were in the same photo. Hey, Mom, where are all the missing photos? There's a bunch missing from this full album. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, let's talk about anything else. <laughs> oh, they're probably somewhere in the attic, yada, yada. <laughs> anyway, dinner time. Don't ask any questions. Hmm. Suspicious. Rule 24, trust no one at this point. <laughs> Everybody's a suspect! Clearly, the parents are hiding something. Classic number on Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah, be skeptical. And she's going to be, and she's going to go search for photos on her own. She's going to go search the attic. Granted, it's a nightmare sequence, and she gets attacked by Freddy, but hey... You gotta try. <laughs> I, I I guess like it's it's in her subconscious somewhere. So you know she's she's trying technically. She gets attacked by Freddy. Maybe rule number one even more confirmed. She already thinks she's in one, but now she's been attacked in a nightmare. So. Yeah. We don't have enough evidence to show that this is like an actual danger to the real world yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's just like bad dreams. And when you're dreaming, you got to assume you're in a horror movie because you might, you don't know if you're dreaming. Well, you're dreaming, you usually don't know if you're dreaming. So, yeah. And this has been a running theme throughout the series that we've had, we've had to make that distinction of like, we, we have to consider it almost in each scene. Almost, yeah. And reset it then afterwards. And <laughs> whenever they wake up. I don't think we necessarily have to reset for Chris anymore. We just have to point yeah. out the moment where it's like, okay, this is crazy real world shit. So, which is coming up in the next scene, actually. Because Chris goes to school, falls asleep in class, Freddy torments her for a little bit, and, like, swings his blades at her. And it cuts off a strand of hair, and then she wakes up in the real world, and her hair is on the desk. Chris... You are in a horror movie with real-world consequences. Uh Uh-oh. Big oof. This is a rough one. Yeah. And, like, most people might be able to, like, say, like, oh, well, I could have, like, cut my hair, like, in my sleep or something like that. But there's nothing sharp near here. Like, there's no knife or scissors or anything like that. And it's too clean of a cut to just be pulled out of your hair. There would have been, like, follicles of your skin on the end. Yeah. This was cut. Yeah. So, uh, bad news, Chris. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody hates Chris. (laughs) (laughs) So Chris goes home. Her mom is a a flight attendant, so she's going off on a flight to London. So she's home alone uh, until Jesse comes over, and they kind of reconcile because they used to date. And they're talking, and it turns out they've been having the same dreams about Freddy. Jesse, you might be in a horror movie. That's weird. That's really weird. You're having the same dreams? It's not good, dude. Yep, and this is the point, at least, where these two... And and they had a conversation with Nancy before. Like, they should be in this together at this point. They should be working together. You don't know what's going on still, but stick together. Yep, safety numbers. Yep. They're going to go to sleep. They're going to stay together and sleep. Chris is going to wake up, but she thinks she's not dreaming. She hears her dog barking outside and goes out to check on him. Chris, 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 this is exactly like the first movie. Um, they took a lot of the things from the first the first movie, and that that but like I get I, I can appreciate when they pull like one thing from the original movie, but they they did like a handful of different things. And it kind of started to bug me. You know, I will say because this rule rule number eight: don't leave your shelter. This is from the original Nightmare on Elm Street. That's where we got this rule. Oh right? yeah, Tina left her house. Okay, I, I didn't know if it was Nancy or her. Okay, uh, yeah. So Tina left her house in the original movie because. Someone was outside throwing rocks at her window. Chris at least has a better reason. Her dog's outside. You know, we got to take care of the pupper. But still. Well, yeah. Uh, so you wanted to stick together with uh, with Jesse. Yep. He's so asleep next to you. Rule 19, don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. You can go out and check your dog. Bring him inside. I don't know how he escaped again. Yep. But take Jesse with you. Why not? And if you can't wake him up, hit him. Yep. Punch him in the face. <laughs> Maybe hit yourself. But you might be you might be dreaming. Who knows? You know, give yourself a little pinch. See if you wake up. So Chris goes outside. She finds her dog dead. Rip. Uh, and there's Freddy. I was just petting him. Oh, <laughs> poor puppy. Uh, Chris runs back inside, and she ends up in a preschool and meets the young version of herself. And Freddy's Freddy's there too. But she ends up waking up back in her bedroom. Thinks it's all over. Dreams over. No, Freddy. Freddy's in the bed next to her. <laughs> Well, she had, she woke up, and then we got a series of a bunch of other non-jump scares. Yeah, fake, fake out jump scares. Like, oh, I'm going to go wash my face. I'm going to bend down and stand back up. Oh, oh, no, Freddy's not in the mirror behind her, like usual. Yep. Uh, they'll do that one later, though. Yep. But Freddy's laying in bed next to her when she goes to lay back down, and she gets attacked by Freddy. We cut to the real world. Jesse's seeing all of this. Chris is levitating in the air. Very, uh, very much again from the first nightmare. Jesse. Rule number one, you're in a horror movie. When girls are floating around the room, that's a telltale sign. You're in a d- demon movie. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I guess in the ni- the sixth one, Freddy's dad, dream demons were involved. I guess. Like, I, I would assume that, uh, like, she was being possessed at this point. Like, yeah. Maybe uh, it's not with someone from your dreams. Maybe it's something else. But she gets sliced open and killed. And <laughs> that's the end of Chris. Even with the going outside, which was very bad, Chris had, like, no chance. She was no. so screwed. Don't like the going, leaving the shelter and splitting up. Well, she was so screwed. Well, he, Freddy wasn't going to play with his food yet. No. He's he's just taking kids out. Yep. Yep. Chris is not the main character, so. Sorry. A uh, couple rule violations, but I don't think it matters. Super minor. Yep. So, Jesse, he flees the house and opens the front door and accidentally sets off the alarm. That's a big old bummer. Yep. Uh, and he's covered in blood, just like Rod from the original movie. He's screwed. What, what do you do? What do I you mean, do? yeah, because even even if you stay there and wait for police, like 
they're gonna take you in they're gonna think it's you you're gonna be stuck in a jail cell and then the exact same result is gonna happen the best you can do and we did talk about this in the first one and roll number nine also from the original nine on elm street be careful what you say and how you say it so you got to come up with like a story like oh, there was a guy in here and he, he attacked us i i lived Maybe it'll work. <laughs> I don't have much of a better play for him, though. Yeah, you'll probably still be taken in, but maybe you'll be put in, like, a protective custody type yeah. of situation instead of in a jail cell where no one's watching you. Probably still won't matter. But, I mean, at least the good part about him running is that he does get in contact with someone else yeah. to help spread information. Yes, he goes to see Nancy because, you know, they had that conversation at the funeral. He sneaks into her room covered in blood. Nancy, you're in a horror movie. <laughs> maybe not a dream uh, horror movie maybe jesse's a killer and at first she's she's like oh my god what what did you do but he explains himself and they both realize they've been dreaming about this guy and nancy knows his name it's freddy nancy you're in a horror movie and you know chris is dead so y'all know yeah and i mean jesse then makes a huge mistake and leaves I, I don't know why he left. Well, uh, Nancy's mom starts pounding on the door. Still, you can you can hide out like under her bed or like sure. next to it, out of view. You just came in through the window. You could go out the window and just stay on the roof until her sure. mom leaves. He definitely panics. He had nowhere to go. Rule ten: Don't panic. Yeah, honestly, I mean, you can get away with this whole like running around the neighborhood thing, but when you get arrested, be like, "There's a guy after me," and you just kind of blame it on this Freddy guy, mm-hmm. and he just makes himself look so guilty because the cops find him and arrest him. He's like, "I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything." It's just like, okay. It's not the right thing to say. He's like, he's still out here. He's still out here. You know, make the cops think there's someone else around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, give them a suspect, basically. And uh, that is rule number 43, tread cautiously when dealing with the police. Because uh, Jesse, even if you live, you're kind of going to jail, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look real bad in this situation. Because there's no other physical person to actually find. Yep. So he gets put in, arrested, and he gets put in jail. And this is kind of funny. His uh, he has a cellmate. Um, we don't know his name, just cellmate. But he, that guy is played by Andrew Fischella, a small role. He was also in the Final Destination, the fourth movie hmm. in the Final Destination series. And then he's also in Quarantine, which you and I covered. Uh, he was one of the cops in Quarantine. Oh, yep. Uh, Andrew Fischella's back for two scenes. <laughs> nice. Poor this poor guy. <laughs> uh, so Nancy calls Quentin and, and you know tells him everything that's going on. And so Quentin starts doing research on sleep, sleep deprivation. He goes to a bookstore and is just researching on everyone's favorite web search site, uh, Gigablast. Got a blast off. Blast off. <laughs> I, I don't know why, but I always really liked this. <laughs> this is just fake Google called Gigablast. Gigablast. I don't know. I like it. I'm a fan. I, I, I enjoyed it just because of the, the button that you click to search just says blast off. And it's like, uh, sure, whatever. <laughs> Because this is like the exact same time that you would have had like ass Jeeves. Yep. And like, <laughs> it's just funny. Uh, Quentin falls asleep. He he meets Freddy briefly. So this is Quentin's first time seeing Freddy. Quentin, you might be in a horror movie. But Nancy wakes him up. Back in the jail cell, Jesse, we saw him a little bit earlier. He was just hitting the side of his head trying to stay awake. And his cellmate just gets so pissed. Like, dude, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to sleep. Understandable. <laughs> Jesse's bail ends up getting posted. And you were, like, so confused. You're like, what? Yeah, because the guard opens up the door. Is like, I think he said, like, parents posted bail or something like that. And I'm just like, it's been less than a day. He's suspected for murder, and they're letting him out on bail right away. Like, maybe that's a thing. I don't, I don't know how the this is a cr- criminal... of the bail system. Yeah, I, I don't know how that actually works, but I feel like that's not a thing. I think it might be sometimes. Oh, that's, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. Um, but then <laughs> it's not real. It's a dream. It's, Jesse turns around and there's just a wall behind him. Oh, <laughs> Jesse, you're in a horror movie. So much for my dreams. Oh. <laughs> Only people who listen to our other podcast, the Castaway Consultants, all about the Survivor TV show, will understand that reference. <laughs> so much for my dreams. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone else who doesn't understand that reference. <laughs> that's for that's for me and Josh right there. Yeah. And, and Derek. And Derek. <laughs> and literally no one else. And literally no one else. So Jesse, he, he's running for his life now because Freddy, he's in a boiler room all of a sudden. And Freddy's chasing him. So Jesse is going to follow rule number 28. Run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run! 
It's going to do you no good, but you might as well go for it. Yeah, there's no use in, you know, just standing pat. Rule 17, never give up. The next thing you try might work. He's going to run until he finds the bodies of Dean and Chris just, like, hanging from some pipes. And this is my favorite scene of the movie, my favorite sequence of the movie, I think. I think it's okay. pretty yeah. scary because Jesse is going to freeze up. Rule 10, don't panic. And Freddy's going to show up. And Jesse's going to try talking to him. Like, dude, like, what do you want? What can, what can I do for you, okay. sir? <laughs> Which, honestly, fair. If you're, you're being hunted by the guy, there's got to be a reason why. And if you can figure out why, you might be able to reason with him or meet in the middle somewhere. Yeah, you that have doesn't to, result in death. You have to get more information, basically. you got to figure out what this guy wants, what can you do, because otherwise you're just screwed. So go for it. Uh, and Freddy's like, oh, can, can you turn back time? Can you turn back time? Can, can turn back, you turn back time? <laughs> can you bring the dead back to life? Jesse's like, I can't do either of those things. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Scary Man in my dreams. <laughs> Oh, then I guess you can't do much for me, can you, Jesse? <laughs> oh, womp womp. <laughs> Freddy vanishes for a moment, and Jesse's like, oh, where'd he go? And then somehow Freddy's behind him and just stabs him straight through the gut. Decent kill. I like this kill. Yeah, this felt like it should have been in, like, a 3D movie. Yeah. So <laughs> very 3D. The angle. Might have been shot in 3D. Maybe they're like, we'll release it in 3D, and they're like, no. <laughs> like, LOL, no. <laughs> and then cut to the jail cell where, uh, <laughs> Jesse's dead, dying, and the inmate's like, oh, I didn't do it. Let me out of here, please. How would have I been able to do this? How could I rip a hole in this dude's chest? I did not do this. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> poor Andrew Fischella. Because he's probably going to get hit with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's no other logical uh, solution like, to this Like, congrats. Murder. You just added, like, ten years onto your sentence, probably. Bummer, dude. <laughs> But then we come back to the dream world, and this this is good. I think this is really good. So Freddy, Jesse's, like, hanging from the pipe, and Freddy's, like, tormenting him. He's like, do you know the, the brain keeps functioning for seven minutes after the heart stops beating? We got six more minutes to play. And then just Jesse screaming. It's like, dude, that's horrific. Yeah, I don't know how true it is, like, scientifically, but... Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> Damn, that, that that gave me goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one stuck with me. That that I, that was really good. Yeah. And I just want to shout out, you know, we haven't really talked about it yet. Uh, Freddie is played by Jackie Earl Haley, not Robert Englund. He's really good. He's creepy. If, yeah, if you, if you want someone who makes you think of a pedophile and creepy... Then yes, he did a good job. Was it my favorite version of Freddy? No, no, it's no one's favorite version of. It Freddy. was it was probably my bottom one outside of the ones that like made Freddy seem. There was like one or two movies that made Freddy seem like a joke. Sure. Um, those Freddies sucked more, <laughs> but you know they, he succeeded in what they were going for. Yeah, yeah. So so good for him. I I wasn't a huge fan of the makeup either. Okay, well, yeah. What they did with that one is they wanted to make the, a more realistic burn victim makeup. I mean, yeah, I guess the, the, the original Freddy is kind of goofy looking. And this yeah. was more realistic. Jesse's dead. This poor guy. <laughs> I got nothing for I you, I got dude. nothing. Like, what could he have done? Realistically, the only thing, and this wouldn't have saved him, he could have done better dealing with the police. I mean, he made himself look pretty guilty, but that's not going to save him. He no. would have still would have been thrown in jail. Yeah, he still would have either been thrown in jail or protective custody or something where he would have then fallen asleep. Yep. And died and right died. away. Even if he would have stayed with Nancy, they probably would have fallen asleep at some point. Yep. I don't know how Nancy stays awake this entire time. That's kind of a plot hole that they don't really talk about is that she is having no effects of being awake for like well, she does, <laughs> four days. She does like briefly fall asleep a couple times and it, Freddy just toys with her and she wakes back up. But that's because Freddy's not trying to kill her yet. Yeah, I suppose. Protagonist. I, I guess. But in the, in the end, like you said, nothing for Jesse. No. Nothing real. Quinn offers Nancy some drugs. He's got some ADD medication. He's like, here, you can have some of my medication to help you stay awake. Quentin, very druggy in this movie. He keeps doing drugs. Like, and nothing illegal, but, like, he does this a lot. He comes off as a real tweaker. Yeah, but it's all in good intention. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I just think it's funny. Pro- like, Nancy, you probably should, honestly. Like, if, yeah. if you've been dozing off, you don't know that you have plot armor here. Like... Take whatever you need to be able to stay awake. It's in this moment there in the library, and Quinn's basically going over all of these. And this is one of the things that I really liked about the movie, is that he went into talking about, like, I think he calls it, like, micro-naps. micro-naps. which I think are real. Those are real things. I mean, it's everything that he was talking about sounded scientific and real, but he was talking about, like, micro-naps, and then after a certain amount of time, like, you'll start to just dream while you're awake, or at least have, like, 
basically hallucination. Yeah, basically your brain is so tired it's trying to like reset and like charge you up so it's it's sleeping while you're awake. Yeah. And so you're seeing things and, and then it happens at like the 70 hour mark. Yeah, and and I mean they talked about that kind of stuff a little bit in some of the other movies in this series, but they didn't actually like implement it like they did in this one. And this is this is a really cool addition to the series. I really like this. That 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 was my favorite part of the movie. Sure. Yeah, that's that, I hear that a lot from a lot of people. It adds a ticking clock element to the story. It's mm-hmm. like we are running out of time. We're going to hit the 70 hour mark and not too long past that, you hit coma. Even even if we take pills or drink the strongest coffee you possibly can, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you will too end bad. up in a coma. There is a wall here. <laughs> energy drinks. Start drinking bangs. Nonstop bangs. <laughs> yep. <laughs> my favorite energy drink. And that's kind of the, this is kind of the exposition scene, but it's a it's a good one. It's a good exposition mm-hmm. scene. So Nancy asks her mom, like, "Hey, am I connected to any of those like kids who are dying?" By any chance, is all this exact, really specific stuff from my past just it, could any of it be possible? Did I know them? Did I know a guy named Freddie? And her mom lies, and it's just like the worst lie ever. It's like I, I don't think so. Granted, it's supposed to be a terrible lie, but like it's a terrible lie. <laughs> So for for the mom, like maybe it's time to fess up here. Now like, she you, is... don't, you don't fully have to. Like right. you don't have to go into full details of how you murdered someone, <laughs> but you could you could give details on these kids' childhood so they stop snooping around. Sure. And her motivation, she's going to tell us, is she just doesn't want Nancy to remember. She's she thinks this is all repressed memories, and she doesn't want this coming back. That doesn't seem healthy. Yeah, but I uh, get it. It's good motivation. And, and and I think that's it kind of goes back to like just tell her half of it. Tell her the stuff that like could be like, Yeah, honey, this this really fucked up thing happened to you when you were a kid. I'm sorry. And just kind of leave it at that. Yeah. But just because then maybe maybe from her point of view, now none of it is actually gonna matter, but from her point of view, at least it could just ease up her peace of mind a little bit. Yeah, I'm no therapist or anything like that, but um, I, I'm not really sure the best way to handle something like this. Oh God, no! God, no! This is I'm not. Just ta- the I'm talking. I'm talking out my ass right so, now. So <laughs> you know, maybe get her to a therapist and you can, you can get some help talking about this. Rule fifty eight: communication is key. I feel like there should be some more communication here, but again, I'm, we're talking out of our ass on this one. Yep, we have uh, no uh, expertise in this matter, so ignore this kind of. <laughs> But you get therapy is usually a good thing to do. So get yeah. get therapy. Yeah. I think that would be helpful in this situation. <laughs> Probably for everybody. Probably for everybody. And so then the next scene is Gwen calling somebody. I'm assuming it's Alan and be like, Nancy's starting to remember. Yeah, and they're I'm, really the only two parents that we see in this yeah. movie. Uh, I just keep like, like, oh, is she calling like the the government to come in? Like, <laughs> they know too much. They know too much. Feels like this is gonna turn into like a sci-fi X Files movie. Or it turns into, uh, I don't remember what number it is, but the, the one where they just put all of the kids into the mental hospital yeah, and Freddy put them to Jason. <laughs> That amazing move. Oh, my God. Oh, man. They know too much. <laughs> they know too much. So Nancy takes a bath, and it turns out this is all a dream, sort of, because she sets an alarm on her phone in the dream, which is really smart. Really smart. Basically, she sets this alarm, like just like, hey, if I fall asleep in the bath, at least I'll wake up. Unfortunately, she was dreaming when she set the alarm. That's a bummer. Good intentions, at good least. Good try. And, uh, no fault of Nancy's. Like, yeah. it was a good try. And they completely stole this, most of this, uh, from one of the earlier ones. Again. I did like the the whole, like, oh, you set the alarm in your dream. That, that was that's new. new. That's, that's new. new. I like that. So Nancy falls asleep. She has a dream of this preschool. It's called Badham Preschool. She runs into Freddy and basically he's like, oh, don't you remember me? Hmm. That's weird. <laughs> no, I don't. Sorry. <laughs> Luckily, uh, Quentin calls Nancy and wakes her up and is like, oh, Jesse's dead, so we're in trouble. Yeah, and in this scene, we get the first hints of, like, what this is going to actually end up being because he makes comments like, "Mm, I remember the way you smell. Yeah. (sighs) Where are we going here, movie? And and at this point, I knew exactly where we were going. Yeah. We do take a little detour because they do try and make you think he's innocent for a while. Yeah, and that was, like, it was interesting, but I kept going back to this one specific scene of just, like, I remember the way that you smell, and I'm like, ah, I don't think that he's innocent. <laughs> now, that would have been fun. A lot of people say, like, what if Freddy was innocent? That would have been, like, a fun story I like that. That would have been a much better movie, yeah. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> so, Quinn and Nancy, they meet up, and they look up at him. Closed for years. They decide to start searching the house. They end up finding an envelope with the 
Batam preschool class photo on it. It's got Dean, Chris, Jesse, Nancy, and Quentin, a bunch of other kids who don't matter. All of them were in a preschool class together. So something happened. So nothing good. Nothing good happened. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to hide away a class photo like this if it's something, you know, awesome. So they finally confront Gwen, and Gwen's like, all right, you guys were all in preschool together. There was a guy, a gardener, who worked at the school named Fred, Fred Krueger. He lived in the basement. That's already a red flag. If your preschool's employees have pe- like, if they have people living in the basement, that's weird. That's not good. Not normal. <laughs> Who's ever running this preschool? Uh, rule number three, do your damn job. Yeah, I don't know if this would be a thing, like, even, like, in the mid-1900s or something weird like this, but... That's not the time period no. we're in here. Like we are, we are in. I guess like for for the mid, flashback, mid nineties, like two thousand, maybe or maybe late nineties. I would yeah. say, yeah, that's not good. But apparently, everyone loved this guy. Great with the kids. Um, I'm sure he was great with the kids until he wasn't. Um, and then they all noticed signs. The kids are acting weird, talking about like a secret cave. There's signs of physical abuse. Yep, exactly what we want here. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's not good, but Gwen's just like, yeah, these are all just repressed memories. And Nancy's like, okay, but why are people dying? Why are Dean, Chris, and Jesse all dead? I would say that it makes sense on the surface until you think about, you know, people dying in their sleep. Like, why? (laughs) And I I guess they would go with like, well, Dean committed suicide, Jesse murdered Chris, and Jesse got shanked to death in prison. Okay. It's a, it's a stretch, but I can see where the parents at least can make those logic jumps. Sure. And Quentin buys into this too. He's like, yeah, clearly just repressed memories. But Nancy's like, no, we're in a horror movie, Quentin. And I feel like Quentin, Quentin hasn't had a, it, it's hard because Quentin hasn't had a long enough or like a powerful enough encounter with yep. Freddy to where it's really hard to fault him for this. Yeah. It's it's not great, but he hasn't had he's had one Freddy dream and it was a quick one. Like it's just it's it's almost basic logic. Like oh yeah, why would someone be trying to kill me in my dreams? Yes. Yeah. So I can't fault him too much, but Nancy makes very good points. Yes. Quentin's dad shows up and to pick up Quentin and takes him to swimming practice. He's on the swim team. Really, we're gonna we're gonna do this right now. We're gonna go to swimming. Okay, rule. priorities. Exactly. Rule number 56. Sort out your priorities. She needs to sort out her priorities. Get some sleep, baby. If you yeah. think this is over, go to bed. <laughs> it's not over, but... Take a sick day. Talk to your dad about it. Maybe go get some therapy. <laughs> yeah, right? You you have three dead friends. Regardless of anything else that might have happened before in Don't your dreams or with anything else, like you, you probably need therapy just for your dead friend. Now the movie should have made it like seem more important. Like, hey, Quentin, you're you're like the the best in the state. You got to get practiced for There's regionals. There's a big tournament this weekend, and uh, you can go to college for free if you win or something. I don't know. Just be like, okay, fine. fine. Set up some stakes, but there's just like, but why are you here, dude? <laughs> And he's going to get dragged underwater during this sequence. And he wakes up in like a boiler industrial area, um, a whole bunch of like old buildings. And um, he sees basically a flashback. He, he's here to witness all this. Freddy Krueger is being hunted down by all the parents of, of Springwood. And Freddy barricades himself in a room. And basically the parents don't want to put their kids on the stand to testify about what happened. Yeah, that's fair. So they burn him alive. They burn the building down with Freddy in it, uh, led by Clancy Brown, Mr. Krabs. Um, so <laughs> so, uh, so Freddy dies here. Rule number four, don't be a menace. Yeah. Putting it mildly. Don't be a predator. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out Freddy is guilty. There, there's going to be a, a big thing here where we're like, oh, did he do it? Did they hunt down an innocent man? He's guilty. So you know what? Fuck him. Burn alive, bitch. Yeah. Uh, good riddance. Don't care. Yeah. <laughs> In real life, you gotta assume that he's not gonna turn into some demon that's gonna hunt your kids yep. in your sleep. So yeah, you could have let the legal system handle this, and they kind of just ignore that. They but their motivation makes sense. We don't want to put our kids through that on the stand. And it seems like all the cops decided to look the other way too. So it's just like just like oh, this guy disappeared. Huh. Whoops. You know, it kind of reminds me of there's this uh, this guy. This is a true story. It happened in a small town in Missouri, and there's this guy who's just like the the town menace. He, like, raped people. He assaulted people. It was just, like, horrendous. He, everyone in town hated them. And one, like, the, the, the people in town had had enough, and they were complaining to the cops. And one day the sheriff's like, oh, hey, everybody, 
I gotta go to town for a little bit. Don't do anything like kill that guy while I'm gone. Yeah. And then the guy gets shot in the middle of the town square by like two different people. And there's like 70 people standing around, tons of witnesses, but nobody saw anything. So when like state investigators came in, like, and nobody saw a thing. Like, I don't know. Didn't see it. You were right <laughs> next to it. Didn't see it. Nobody saw anything. No one knows who did it. And they got away with it. It's like, you know, sometimes you got to do a little frontier justice. And you know what? I cannot blame them at all. Fuck this guy. I love that story because I, I have heard that before. It's and it's, story. it's great. <laughs> it's like, you know what? Sometimes things, something has to be done. So, you know what? Fuck it. There is evil in this world. Whatever your definition of evil might be, there is evil in this world. You know, you got to be careful you don't, like, burn the wrong person alive. Yeah. But um, I mean, th- this could very easily turn into, a, like, a witch hunt. Yep. Uh, so... Careful, because we did learn that the parents didn't actually confirm anything. They had enough reasoning to believe that this probably happened, but you maybe should get a little bit more confirmation before you burn someone alive. Maybe. And we don't see much from their perspective. I'm assuming there was more. I hope there was more. The dad was kind of interrogated by Quentin, and he didn't have an answer. Yeah, but maybe he just didn't want to say. True. So. That's fair. Whatever. So I'm not going to give any uh, rule violations to the parents. I refuse. I'm not going to do it. I'm okay with that. I'm fine with it. How could you have known? (laughs) (laughs) Some people deserve to get burned alive. Yeah. Uh, I I will plant that flag right here. I'm I'm willing to say that some (laughs) people deserve it. You can die on that hill right there. (laughs) Yep. So this scene, was this done purposely by Freddy? I couldn't figure that out because it seemed very random. It's just like, how did, how are we now just in this past sure, maybe. version? Because, I mean, anything can happen because it's a dream. So, like, if Freddy wants it to happen, it can happen. Maybe this version, maybe this isn't what actually happened. It's just like a fictionalization created by Freddy to make him seem a little bit more sympathetic. Because he seems very sympathetic here. Like, that's the whole, like, oh, I didn't do anything. Oh, please don't hurt me kind of thing. He's really kind of pathetic. and doesn't seem all that dangerous. So, maybe... This is just Freddy messing with Quentin. Don't know. Don't know, but that's a good point. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Nancy starts looking up all these kids, you know, get in contact with them. They're all dead, except one. But, like, the entire class is dead. Just one after another, and she's just crossing out their faces on this photo, and I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. There's one guy still alive, a guy named Marcus. Well, sort of still alive. There's no reports on him being dead. Marcus is played by, uh, I believe, by Aaron Yu, who was also in the Friday the 13th remake. Oh, So he's been murdered by Freddy and Jason. Good for him. Good for him. I wish he was in Freddy versus Jason. That would be fun. <laughs> so he is doing like a video vlog, kind of talking about his dreams and these nightmares. And, you know, he's being led to this preschool. He's getting led into the basement. He feels like Freddy wants him to go there. And then he's like begging for help. You know, hey, cast a wide net. Maybe you'll find someone else having the same experience as you. I like this move from Marcus. Unfortunately, he falls asleep during his vlog and gets his face smashed into the computer. And I'm, I'm presuming he dies. How did this video get posted? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because we've seen that, like, people's bodies can be controlled in the real world when they're asleep yep. by Freddy. So, like, I have, no, I have no issue with him just, like, falling forward and getting, like, launched in the computer. But you're mid-recording. It's not like you have, like, some auto-upload. Like, this is 2010. Yeah. It, you know, if you made this now, this could be a lot. You're not live streaming. This would be cool. This would be, can you imagine, let's remake Nightmare on Street again, and it's like a live stream. Mm-hmm. That'd be pretty good. We're, we're live on TikTok right now. Live on TikTok, <laughs> and then Freddy kills you while you're live on TikTok. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Did I ever tell you my idea for a Nightmare on Elm Street sequel? No. Because Nightmare on Elm Street has to go with space. They haven't been to space of yet. Of course. So Nightmare on Elm Street, cryosleep. Uh, Jordan Ryan and I came up with this, and basically it follows a group of like space explorers who go into cryosleep, and so they can't wake up from their dreams, and Freddy gets in their head somehow. So just really long dream sequence. They can't wake up. And they just slowly, one by one, die? Sure. Sure. <laughs> Why not? It sounds fun to me. You gotta get Freddy a lightsaber at some point. <laughs> no, nobody steal this idea. This is patented. Yeah, Cop- I'm sure it is. Copyright 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so Nancy quit and meet up, and they're like, oh, oh god, our parents murdered an innocent man. No, they didn't. It's fine. Don't worry about it too much. And we're the only two left from our class. Yeah. <laughs> So they go to uh, visit Quentin's dad, Alan, and they ask him about it. Basically, they don't really learn too much from him except like, yeah, you know, we wanted to protect you kids. But we're we're meant to believe that Freddy was innocent at this point. So they decide, like, we got to go to the preschool. He wants us to go there to find something. Maybe it'll all end when we go there. Maybe. You have to take drastic measures. This is a bad situation. Never give up. Next thing you try, might work. Might work. So they're going to stop at the pharmacy quick. 
Quentin wants to get a refill on his pills. Unfortunately, he's out of refills. The pharmacist won't give it to him. You know what? Good job, pharmacist. Like, this dude looks like a tweaker at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Do your damn job. Good job, pharmacist. Nancy, she's, like, burning herself with a cigarette letter to stay awake. Good move. Yeah. She goes inside the pharmacy, and she has a micro-nap where Freddy attacks her. And she grabs a hold of his sweater, rips off a piece of it, and then it gets cut as well. And she wakes up, and she brings the piece of the sweater back into the real world with her. Okay. Cool. We can bring Freddy into the real world and kill him. We've been here before, so... We're jumping right to it. We're jumping right to it. Quinn's going to take her to the hospital, and then the doctor's going to try and put her under. <laughs> and she freaks out, and she and uh, Quentin escape the hospital. But what I do love is Quentin steals uh, some uh, things of adrenaline from a, a nurse's cart. <laughs> what a druggie. <laughs> Just stealing stuff from the, the nurse's cart. And uh, did I read that correctly, that the one of the boxes that he grabbed was the name of the drug that they ended up developing in like the second movie? The third the movie? Third? It, it, it's not the one he grabbed. But maybe that would have been really cool if, like, in the box they just had, like, some, uh, what the hell was it called? Hypnosil. Oh, no, it wasn't Hypnosil. Yeah. That would have been a nice little reference Easter egg. But no, yeah. he, it was just, like, adrenaline of some kind. It wasn't Hypnosil. I would, I would, you know, I would want to go back and freeze from that and see if there's any Hypnosil in there. Yeah, that'd be that'd, be that'd be really cool. And so they escape the hospital, and, and Quentin's like, hey, I got some adrenaline. You want some? She's like, you have no idea what do, that'll do to you. He's like, I don't fucking care at this point. Dink, needle in the leg. Fair. Yeah, I mean, so where you're at right now, you are in, you need to get from the hospital to the preschool. You've had a tough enough time making it there already. Yep. You made one stop and you already had to revert back to the hospital. Yep. So whatever it takes to get there, that's all you really need. So I don't blame him. I would probably have done the same thing. Probably, yeah. And he's driving, so. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to crash. On the way, we get our one pretty cool jump scare where Freddy's just in the road. Quentin, you could have run him over. I, I, you know, it's, it's reflexes. Yeah, yeah, you freak out. You know, don't panic. But also, Rule 39, use your car as a weapon. It wouldn't have done anything, but why not? Run Freddy over. Yep. And also, it shows that the adrenaline does nothing. <laughs> not helping much. No. Um, it's very brief. <laughs> <laughs> you just need a lot of adrenaline. And he's going to crash the car into the swamps. So they have to walk the rest of the way. Uh, they get to bed in preschool. They get down in the basement. And eventually, they find the secret room that... No one could find, apparently. It didn't seem that hard to find. It was behind a bulletin board. <laughs> well, it, it was almost like it was like he had to rip it off. I guess. So it, I, I don't know if he was like nailed to the wall or something. I don't know. But again, if they would have just investigated a little bit. Yep. Then you have all the proof you need. Yeah. And then you torture And then you burn that guy alive. Sure. <laughs> and they go inside and they find the secret cave. They find photographs and we're going to stop there. It, it's, you can make your own conclusion. It's the worst case scenario. They don't show anything, but it's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Freddy is guilty. Great. Very, well, very guilty. Very guilty. So Nancy's got a plan. She's going to go to sleep. Well, and, and importantly, you kind of brushed over a little bit, but uh, the photographs that they find are only of Nancy. Yes, only of Nancy. So Nancy is the important one. She Her plan, she, because she pulled the piece of the sweater out of the dream, she doesn't know if Quentin has the ability to do it. Okay, fair. Fair, yeah, absolutely. Do we know? So Nancy's going to go to sleep. Quentin's going to stay up and... They're going to pull, when when they str- when Nancy struggles, Quinn's going to wake up Nancy, Nancy's going to pull Freddy out of the dream, they're going to kill Freddy. Where have we seen this one before? Oh, I had no idea. I've never, it, this is pretty new. Yeah. Like, very creative. So, you know, Nancy goes to sleep. Quentin follows room number five. He locks and loads. He gets an old school paper cutter, like one of those big ones, with a yeah. big sharp metal blade, and breaks it off, ready to go. It's like basically a sword. It's it's pretty epic. It's it's pretty epic, and then Quentin immediately falls asleep. Whoops. Immediately. The adrenaline wears off fast, I guess. So I work uh, a job where I start at 4 a.m. every day, and that can be pretty tiring. You know, I sit in a dark room, I work in a control room, and we're watching the news. News isn't always interesting. So there's times where I'm, like, kind of, like, trying not to fall asleep. Uh, I have an energy drink every morning, which is not healthy, but that's besides the point. If that doesn't work, what do I do? I stand up. Stand up and like kind of like pace a little bit in my position as much as I can. Bounce this around break, a little bit. Yeah, commercial breaks. I walk back and forth, drink a lot of water. You know, there's ways to stay awake. Quentin, you sat down in a comfy chair as immediately, immediately. And like he's been up for like four days straight now. Yep. So like I understand how quickly you might be able to fall asleep. But that right there, don't sit down. You set yourself up for failure. Rule 32, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You are watching out for someone else's life and very closely your life yep. if anything happens to her so everything rides on you not falling yep. asleep you were important you were integral to this plan 
and he falls asleep. Immediately wakes up in the boiler room. Freddy beats the crap out of him and stabs him. You played yourself. You played yourself. Now, Freddy violates a rule here. Rule number six, double tap. He just doesn't kill Quentin for some reason. Don't play with your food. You know, this character was played, you know, this is Glenn in the original movie played by Johnny Depp. Night of the Living Club winner. (laughs) So we'll see if Quentin can do uh, the the same thing. Uh, It's not looking good for him so far. But Freddy just like walks away instead of horrifically murdering Quentin like he did to Glenn. Which I kind of wish he did. You know, we didn't get that iconic, iconic death. But yeah, he just, Freddy just leaves Quentin. If Freddy had killed Quentin right here, boom, movie's over. Freddy wins in that one. Yeah, yeah. So... Big oops for Freddy. He would have been able to do whatever he wanted with Nancy. Freddy won Night of the Living Club in the third movie. Will he win it again? We have our two frontrunners, I think, ready with Quentin <laughs> and Freddy. Uh, that's not great. I don't like giving it to the villain, but this is a horrifically bad move for Freddy. Don't play with your food. Double tap. So uh, Freddy confronts Nancy. We get, you know, dream chases. I don't know why Nancy runs away so much. She should just, like, grab a weapon of some kind and then tackle him. Just, like, wrestle around. And then, hey, Quentin can wake, wake you up. She doesn't know Quentin's in the dream. Yeah, and, I mean, they haven't really sorted out how they're going to pull her out of the dream. Like, at least in, like, the first or second movie or whatever it was, like, they had an alarm that would go off. Yep. Or, like, a watch or something. They, they had Apple Watch. We could use an Apple Watch yeah. in our remake. Our Ooh, remake yeah, our remake. there you go. Oh, my God. There, there was no strategy here. It was just go in... Figure it out. I'm sure it'll work out just fine. Yeah. Granted, sleep deprivation. A little forgivable, but sure. So Nancy, like, hides in a closet for a little bit, runs through the hallway, but the hallway is now turns to blood, and she's, like, swimming in it. But eventually, she ends up trapped in her bedroom, like, magically held down by Freddy, and he gets real creepy. Basically, his big, the big reveal is he was just toying with her this whole time just to get her to the point where she won't wake up. Basically, coma point. So she's not waking up, and now Freddy can do whatever he wants. Let's, let's stop right there. Yep. But Quentin wakes up because Freddy fucked up so hard. And he injects Nancy with the adrenaline, which she can pull Freddy into the real world. Good job. Sure, you lucked right into it. You lucked right into it, Quentin. And this final fight's actually like super quick. It's like 30 seconds long. Yeah. It's like shockingly quick. There's uh, like two blows and that's it. Yeah. So Quentin attacks Freddy, gets stabbed for this effort. Nancy attacks Freddy. Quentin attacks Freddy, and then finally Nancy kills Freddy. It's just boom, 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 boom. Yep. Um, you, you get one nice... I, there there was a miss here that I think they could have had when Nancy sliced off his hand. I thought the camera was going to turn, and it was going to be her holding like the OG like n- real-world knives ooh. from his desk. And I'm like, ooh, that would have been really cool, but it was just you know the giant paper cutter machete thing. Which you can't believe, because that thing looks pretty cool. No, yeah, yeah, I mean, but, I would have absolutely used those. Yeah. That's so much easier to swing and really heavy, so perfect. It makes sense for the character. I do like that Nancy stabs Freddy with the adrenaline needle that Quentin, you know, like, <laughs> just hey, over and over again. Little jabs. Die, you bitch. It's like, what movie? It was that, um, oh, Horrible Bosses when Charlie Day does that to Kevin Spacey's character. Dude, just little jabs, little jabs. You know, speaking of absolute creeps, Kevin Spacey. Oh. <laughs> Tell me the difference between uh, Freddy and Kevin Spacey. Corporate wants to find the difference between Freddy Krueger and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> it's the same photo. Uh, but yeah, Nancy ends up slicing off Freddy's hand and then slicing his throat with the big paper cutter. And then lights the building on fire. We could do a better double tap than this, Nancy. Just a couple more cuts. A little more, little, a few more little champs. Yeah, I mean, you have this giant machete. I would have liked to see a full decapitation. Decapitation would have been good. Um, especially from someone who you know can, you know, kill you in your dreams. So, like, you don't know what this thing is capable of. And then when she started the fire, she didn't even start it on his body. She started in the corner of yep. the room and then just left. Like, make sure that the body is in the fire. Yeah, you know, just from a storytelling perspective, it would have been great if she set Freddy on fire, just like the parents did. Yeah. Like, that would have been... Toss the lamp on the body. Perfect. That, that counts, as, du- that counts as a double tap in my book, but, you know, she put it in the corner of the room, and then it's a little bit ambiguous. They don't find Freddy's body. Yeah, they said, it, no, no body was found. But, like, dream bullshit? Hard to say. But, yeah, like, the firefighters come. No, they don't find the body. Nancy and Quentin go to the hospital. Quentin survives this movie. I, th- I thought we were going to be in the ambulance, and I thought that his, like, chest was going to get ripped open in the ambulance. That would have been pretty cool. Like, we, went to, we weren't going to see anything in the dream. I thought it was just going to happen. That would have been really good. Nope. Uh, Nancy and Gwen go home, and they're, like, patching things up. And then Freddy appears in the mirror behind Gwen and stabs her in the eye, eyes and pulls her back into the mirror world and fixes the mirror. So Gwen gets killed. Nothing she could have done. 
No. Nothing. And the movie ends with Nancy screaming. That's the end of the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Apparently Freddy's in the mirror world now? The mirror dimension. Mirror dimension. Whatever. Setting up for a sequel, I guess, which we are never going to get. Thank, yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, Rooney Mara hated this movie. She'll never do a sequel. I have ideas for sequels and stuff. I, I would love to see another Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but we don't have to do a sequel to this. It, yeah, I'd, I'm perfectly fine having another like nightmare movie. There, there's been enough that's been done with this series that I'd find a hard time being original with it. Maybe Freddy in space. To, maybe you just need to go to space. But I don't need a sequel to this specific movie so i don't have any new roles to remake yeah not a whole lot of new ground here let's get into some awards yeah you know nancy and glenn won it in the original nine round street let's say their counterparts can do it for the reboot first we have the randomies merit badge which goes to the character to do the best job at following the rules there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie this is of course based off randy meeks from scream i think this is easy i think there's literally one option you think it's just Nancy? I think it's just Nancy. <laughs> the, so there isn't these... a lot of good. No. Well, and well the, I mean, there's not a lot of bad either. Not a, lot of bad, a lot of these characters just had no chance. Basically, for all, all the awards, we have three people we can talk about. We have Nancy, we have Quinn, and we have Freddy. Yeah. Um, Everyone else is just like, well, you were screwed. Yeah. I mean, you, you did have a little bit of awareness from, like, Chris. Uh, yep. But she just, she did a couple of things wrong, but it was so minor and inconsequential that you really can't do anything same with jesse it was just like what what do you do who can actually has a chance here so i think i think it has to go to nancy yeah so congratulations for remake nancy for winning the randy meeks merit badge not the same nancy though not the same nancy so nancy the original nancy does not win the award again this is nancy thompson was the original nancy this is uh nancy toompson <laughs> this is nancy holbrook uh so okay. different nancy so i think that's a cake easy one Yep. Night of the Living Club goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. This is, of course, piece of Barbara from Night of the Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. So it's either Quentin or Freddy. Yeah. And I know your reasoning behind Freddy. My, my, my one big kind of knock against that reasoning is that he still wins in the end. <laughs> so, like, it's like, eh, yeah, he made a really stupid move and he could have had his way, but... What's to say that he won't anyways? Yeah, he's a dream demon who can keep coming back. It doesn't really matter. I don't like giving it to the villain, but I do want to condemn Freddy on multiple levels in this movie, but specifically <laughs> yeah. for uh, not double-tapping Quentin when mm -hmm. he had the chance. Because it didn't seem like he and Quentin, you know, he and Nancy had the, you know, Nancy was the important one, right? Who the hell is Quentin? You know, there was never any, like, important relationship established there. He's just, like, another guy. Yeah, I think he asked, like, oh, do you remember me? And that's basically it. Yeah, so, you know... Who cares? Kill him. Yeah. So, you know, dishonorable mention of Freddy. Also, fuck this Freddy Krueger. Burn him alive every time. But I think it's got to be Quentin. Yeah. You know, he does a few good things. Yeah, I, I don't want to say he's a terrible no. character or anything like that or made some really bad decisions. Like, he did some really good research and knew that he was in a horror movie and, and really just kind of went for it. Like, in the middle, yeah, he kind of reverted back when he, had, like, thought he was safe. But at least he... I feel like he did so much more to progress it than Nancy did. Sure. Nancy just put that into action. Yep. And did her part of the plan. Quentin falls asleep. <laughs> I, that's just the big thing is Quentin falls asleep on the third act. Extremely important plan. If Freddy was more competent, the movie ends because Quentin fell asleep. Quentin doesn't fall asleep. They can win. He gets lucky and lives. But I, yeah, that's the worst movie of the There's movie. There's no reason why he should be alive right now. No reason whatsoever. So I think Quentin is Night of Living Pleb, just like Glenn was in the original. The Nancy's boyfriend is the Night of Living Pleb. He and Nancy might be able to do better. <laughs> yeah. But hey, at least he lived. At least he lived. I like bet the you first they, one. I bet you if they made a sequel, he was like the first one dead. That would have been fine with me. <laughs> that would have been funny. They would have um, picked up right where they left off and he would have actually died in the ambulance. <laughs> that would have been good. That would have been good. Josh, we're done. We made it. We finished the Nightmare on Elm Street series. It was a fun ride, but we're done. So this is normally where I put something else on the wheel. Slot slot one on uh, Nightmare on Elm Street's off the board. But, and I am going to put something new on, but I'm not going to tell you tell anyone what it is. Josh knows what it is. Oh, yes, I do. But it's going to be a big secret until it gets, well, once it gets spun, it'll still be a secret. But once we actually release that episode of what this is, that's when you, the audience, will find out what this is. It's Nightmare on Elm Street related. That is my little tease to you. I'm not going to tell you anything else. It'll eventually get spun and we'll cover it, and I hope you guys will like it. You should just title the podcast when it ends up coming out just Super Secret Episode. Super <laughs> Secret Episode. So right now, about one of the wheel is now 
the super secret episode. <laughs> so you will find out one day what that is when that gets spawned. Um, but one, I will, I will go ahead and tell you what the next thing going on the wheel will be. Just because you know, once the spot clears up, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that because you were probably expecting that today, folks. But don't breathe too will be the next thing you go on the wheel. After the super secret. Yes. Or, or if another spot clears or if out. Another, yes. Unless, of course, this mysterious Children of the Corn 11 comes out. <laughs> this mysterious movie that I still can't find. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's going on with that movie, but one day. So here's what's on the wheel today. Super secret episode. It part two, uh, the miniseries. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Tremors 2, Aftershocks. Seed of Chucky. Leprechaun Returns. Scream, season one, episode four, Aftermath. And Chef's choice josh spin the wheel oh my god it's scream season one episode four aftermath the last episode of scream was incredibly stupid and it we'll see how much more stupid it can get so jacob Golden will be back on the podcast to talk about aftermath how exhilarating yeah so dumb i'm i'm excited i'm having a lot of fun with the scream series just because they're so bad and yeah. as as someone who's definitely not going to watch this series, I, I'm enjoying listening to it at least. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, you know, I, you've, at this point, you've only heard our podcast on the first episode of the Scream series. It's just goes downhill. Like it that the the first kill in the Scream show is like the high point. Oh no! So it's just all right. Josh, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, any social media you want to give out? No, but I think you're forgetting something. What am I forgetting? Don't I get to reserve something? Oh, damn it. You do get to reserve something. All right. Uh, that's right. Since Josh uh, completed the Nightmare on Elm Street series, he gets to reserve something for himself. Most recently, he reserved My Bloody Valentine. Oh, yes. Yeah, so exciting. So now you get to add something else to uh, to this. What, what do you want to put on here? I'm scared. <laughs> so I've never seen this movie, and I only recently came back into my existing memory uh, when I was just scrolling through some random streaming service. I don't remember which one it was. And I remember back, I'm like, oh... You know, I always meant to watch that, but I could never get myself to actually do it. Because I remember it being regarded as maybe just the absolute worst horror movie ever on streaming. Oh my god. (laughs) Alright, hit me. I am going to reserve Rubber. Oh yeah! Hell yeah! I love Rubber. (laughs) Okay. I'm fine with this. Okay. I'm a big Rubber fan. That's a great movie. I, I had always heard of it as the dumbest just horror movie that it, that you could find on. I think it was Netflix at the time. The people who say Rubber is the dumbest movie ever don't understand the movie. Okay. They, they don't. That Rubber has a lot more going on than meets the, than, you know, the, the killer tire. There's a lot more going on there. There's It's clever. I like that movie. That's a fun movie. Hell yeah, dude. That's a good pick. Okay. I, I didn't, never would have thought about that, but uh, I kind of forgot about that movie, to be honest. I, I completely forgot about it, too, until I don't... Like I said, I don't remember what service I was scrolling through, but I was just browsing around, and I, it and it was weird because uh, the, the artwork for it or the thumbnail was... is completely different than what the original yeah. actually looks like so i'm just like is that the same rubber that i remember from like a decade ago or whatever <laughs> it was so yeah that's a fun movie i i, I think i actually uh a podcast a friend of the podcast jordan snyder is the one who showed that one to me oh okay yeah, i like that movie all right rubber it goes in the waiting room well there we go now we got some uh we got some variety going here <laughs> yeah uh, social media? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram at jwessler. That's J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. Follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. Um, anything else, Josh? No, I don't think so. All right. This has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh.